It's the game everyone's talking about. Shim Sham, a laugh-out-loud adventure for you and your... Cockroaches. Part board game, part dance-off, Shim Sham is loads of fun for... Cockroaches. ...of all ages. Just spin the wheel, strike your pose, and get ready for a... Scurrying cockroach. Don't let roaches ruin the moment. Orkin, home is where the bugs aren't. Visit orkin.com to learn more. It's the game everyone's talking about. Shim Sham, a laugh-out-loud adventure for you and your... Cockroaches. Part board game, part dance-off, Shim Sham is loads of fun for... Cockroaches. ...of all ages. Just spin the wheel, strike your pose, and get ready for a... Scurrying cockroach. Don't let roaches ruin the moment. Orkin, home is where the bugs aren't. Visit orkin.com to learn more. Have you ever described a job you had as a nightmare? Maybe it was a crazy demanding boss, a nutty coworker, or just insane everything. If you've ever had a workplace where you had to say, you can't make this shit up on a daily basis, we want to hear about it. Anonymously, of course, on our new podcast, office horror stories each week we'll play back your calls read your stories and discuss the craziest most extreme and intense workplaces of all time but to do that we need your stories if you have a crazy workplace story in your past or maybe even present tell us about it anonymously just call toll free 1-833-HATE-JOB that's 833-HATE-JOB or write in your story on our website, officehorrorstories.com. We don't want your name. We don't want the name of the workplace. We just want your story. So you can go ahead and let it all out anonymously. Call toll-free 1-833-HATE-JOB. That's 1-833-HATE-JOB. Or write in your story on our website, officehorrorstories.com. That's officehorrorstories.com. Now you have an outlet to share the craziness that is or was your office. Then stay tuned as we launch the new podcast, Office Horror Stories, this fall. Tell us your story now at officehorrorstories.com. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, a mother's connection to the other side brings many spirits into a family's life. Also, what was the source of the fingerprints left on a woman's arm late at night? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Yep. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Share your real ghost story with us. Write it on the website realghoststoriesonline.com or email your audio file to us. Uh, send it to Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com. And of course, all those bonus episodes, hundreds of them. If you want those... Filled with their best ghost stories. Become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person on our website at ghostpodcast.com. Or you can do it through patreon.com slash real ghost stories to support the show. And keep us on the air. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. 
Hi. And how are you this fine day? I'm good. How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing well. I, uh, I I mentioned this on yesterday's episode with Carol. Uh, obviously, you're here in the room, uh, so we can talk about it too. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about this. This morning, I've been going through um, not ghost stories, but uh, but horror stories of the living kind from people in their workplaces. Fun. Office horror stories. And uh, this is exciting. We're working on another podcast. This is not replacing any podcast. It's in addition to because I figured out a way to add an extra hour into the day. It's really amazing how I was able to do that. It's just <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, it's it's going to be a new podcast. We're going to release it in fall. Um, and it's, it's going to be a lot very, very similarly set up to this show in terms of calls and stories, except this is about horrible coworkers, horrible bosses, crazy things that happen in your workplace. Um, not so much ghosts. I mean, every once in a while, there may be a ghost story that, that plays into it, but it's not about ghosts. It's about the, the horrible, crazy things that happen in offices. And it doesn't have to be things that happened to you this week or this month or even your current job. It can be from 20 years ago. God knows I have a reference of 20 some years of working in radio stations, too. <laughs> to pull from um so it's it's going to be exciting if you want to contribute to that show uh, and contribute your story we'd absolutely love it uh you can call 1-833-HATE-JOB it's a toll-free number 833-HATE-JOB and share your story there or if you'd rather type it out uh, you can go to officehorrorstories.com and uh, and submit it there. It's all anonymous. It's not about outing a workplace or a coworker or a boss or anything like that. It's just about sharing your experience. Um, and uh, there you go. So I'm I'm excited about it. I am too. You- I, I'm excited to hear the crazy things that go on in workplaces. But also, you know, uh, maybe a story that somebody else out there needs to hear just to, mm-hmm. to understand that. They're not alone in the shit that goes on at work. You know, it, it's funny because there's a lot of similarities, I think, to um, ghost stories and office horror stories. And the similarity being when it's it's going on and shit is going down at an office and, and you're just feeling like, oh, my God, you can't make this shit up. You feel very alone and stuck. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, uh, you know, it's, it's just it's a horrible feeling when, when you're in that that position um, and and you feel like, oh, there, there can't be any workplaces out there as bad as this. Um, there is. <laughs> Trust me. After just going through the, the first like 20 some stories that have been submitted, uh, it's just like, oh, my God. And I thought some of the places I worked were crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, share your stories. It's going to be kind of a cathartic funny experience uh listening to these yeah so i'm excited do you have any that you're in any personal stories that that you're going to be i know they're just going to kind of come out as we go <laughs> but are, are there any queued up in your mind that you're like oh i'm going to totally tell about this you don't have to tell it now but just uh, i think a, a lot of the theme park yeah will be talked about theme park adventures theme park adventures <laughs> yes <laughs> great so there you go uh submit those stories over to us and we'll tell you more in the coming weeks uh about when that'll be released where you can subscribe uh and all that so it should be uh, a fun show uh 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at real ghost stories online to share your real ghost stories with us let's go to our first ghost story of the day it says between the ages of four and seven i can remember occasionally feeling the presence I have an older woman nearby. When she was near me, I'd feel sick to my stomach with sadness. 
I had this overwhelming fear that my parents weren't my parents, like I belonged to someone else. Of all the things that kids are afraid of, that one had to be the most ridiculous. This seemed like the woman wanted me to know specifically that these were not my parents, but I never felt like she wanted to scare me. I feel it important to stress that the feeling of being displaced frightened me, but the woman herself didn't frighten me. I also vaguely remember that although I never heard her call my name, I was certain that someone was calling me when I become aware of her. My mother asked me what the woman looked like, and she was insistent that it was her mother. To be honest, I didn't believe it was real, even though it was happening to me. I never saw the woman. It only sensed her presence. Years later, when I saw a picture of my maternal grandmother, she was the woman I had felt near me as a little girl. I could never really describe her to my mother, but I knew her when I saw her picture. I never knew my mother's mother because she died about 15 years before I was born. After my mother died, I discovered that she had other children I never knew about. I was the one she kept, and yet, interestingly enough, I never could shake the feeling that I wasn't hers. However, I can also remember feeling very strongly that I was not an only child. There were times that I simply knew for no reason at all that I had siblings and I needed to find them. That sensation would come without warning and be always intense. All but one of them was already dead when I found out that they existed. The story would end there, but when I found my mother's dead body, it was accompanied by another presence that was so strong I could almost see it. It was an angry kind of energy, and it made it clear that it wanted me to die too. At least it felt that way to me. It seemed so vengeful. I got a distinct impression as if an actual thought had been placed in my head externally that it wanted me because I was her daughter. I genuinely heard the words repeating in my head, You're next. You're next. I felt as if it were being screamed at me. I honestly thought that I was just freaking out because I had seen a dead body, especially the dead body of someone I knew so well. She died unexpectedly with the house locked up like Fort Knox. I had to break in to get her, and I just had a funny feeling that day that something wasn't right. I had recently been to a funeral for a dear family friend on the 11th anniversary of my father's death that death had just passed a few days beforehand, so I really thought that the whole bunch of random freaky events had occurred and that death with all its weirdness was fresh in my mind. Plus, it didn't make a whole lot of sense that something would want to harm me just because I was related to my mother. It became that much creepier when the sister I didn't know about until then and I never actually met died young and unexpectedly a short time later. The minute I got the news of her passing, I immediately thought of the entity that I had felt and how much it, or it was surrounded in so much hate. My mother was odd, and I determined early in life that she had a lot of things she did not want to talk about. I never realized there were bona fide secrets. I assumed that I just picked up her emotional baggage along the way. It'd be logical for her to drop hints and clues over the years due to guilt, but then again, maybe I was turning into something more sinister. It was turning into something more sinister than guilt or her insatiability because I had tons of bad luck until she left this earth. However, after we moved her things into our garage, weird stuff was happening in our house until we got rid of all of it. The woman in my mother's family period the women in my mother's family periodically had ghostly apparitions appear to them. That might be why my mother wasn't upset about me being aware of someone near me. 
I've never seen an apparition, but I've had several other experiences like this one. I've worked diligently in the last few years to lose this ability, and most recently, it's been two or three years since I've had anything happen. I guess my questions are... Is that really what my grandmother wanted me to know? Is there something else I should pay attention to when I think back to these accounts? And why did I stop noticing her presence? Did I really turn off my sensors? Or will this happen again? I think all the spooky stuff that surrounded my mother's death is easily explained, even though it was very scary. I could be wrong. I would welcome the input. I'm still not sure that I think this stuff com is completely right or real or whatever. Although I have had other experiences so she's thinking it's the the spirit of one of her dead siblings that she didn't know yeah that's angry that she got to stay with mom and they didn't i think yeah okay i think that's what it is okay i you know that could be that could be you know I, what i can't figure out is the grandmother's message that she wasn't her parents mm -hmm. you know and who knows if that was meant for her or meant for one of the other siblings or or what i i don't know on that one but i could see with as sensitive as she is it being somebody you know a presence that she didn't necessarily know but knew who she was what I'm wondering here with with a story like this and a case like this is how often do we misinterpret or interpret I'm saying interpret 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 <laughs> I'm like missing vowels today mm -hmm. I'm stroking out kids no, um, that's not nice <laughs> I've had that once uh, where I couldn't read correctly um, but um, it, do we ever do that misinterpret <laughs> I can't say the damn word interpret interpret. Mm -hmm. Correct? Okay, mm -hmm. there we go. Yeah, I'm in third grade. Um, what they're trying to say to us, where, you know, it, it's easy to say, oh, I'm getting this feeling and this is what it is. Just as we can do the same with, or the living can do the same with other people. Mm -hmm. Somebody can, can mean one thing and the other can take it somewhere completely different. And the one person who, you know, is, is whatever their intent is, mm -hmm. it's like, where the hell did you get that? Or why did you interpret it that way? Yeah. Um, did you know i would assume this could happen with ghosts as well and then there's not a whole lot of recourse and there's not the moment for the ghost to come back and go no you got this all wrong this is not what what's well, being meant people can misinterpret each other when they're alive i don't yeah. see why we wouldn't misinterpret when we're communicating with somebody that's not alive because they have that much harder time getting the message across yeah they have to be very cryptic no pun intended about mm -hmm what they're conveying just because of their limited abilities. Mm -hmm. But I think a, a mistake we also make is always looking for a message yeah. too. I think sometimes they're not really trying to tell us anything. They're just making noise, if you will. Sure. And, and I, I wonder how often that happens with ghosts, especially, you know, if, if you're someone who, you know, is anxious or is, is going to, you know, naturally in most things, I think we're both like this, mm -hmm. where it's like you're, you're, you or me will try, will end up not trying to, but we'll naturally find the dark side of something. 
Yeah. Um, and it's not that you're you're seeking it out or you want things to to be the worst case scenario. It's just kind of how our minds mm-hmm. go. Um, so I'm I'm wondering if that can happen with with this sort of a thing too, where you would get this message from someone and and somehow your mind's going to tell you these doubts or these negative things or whatnot when it's really not what the ghost is meaning. Yeah. And I, I think so. And then you you end up with this message. That you're like, I think this is what it means, but I don't. Mm-hmm. There's not the living to 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 correct that. Well, and if you're an empath, you worry about that yeah. so much more than somebody who's like, oh well, whatever, and move mm-hmm. on. You know, you'll get stuck and replay what was said or conveyed or sent to you over and over and over and try and look at it a thousand different ways, trying to make sense of what it was. And maybe only focus on on what may have been the negative feeling, and then completely gloss over the good feelings yeah. or the good positive and like well you know it's just the whole it's like the living Mm -hmm. so i would imagine that that is something that that occurs and then can be essentially a mixed signal Mm -hmm. uh, from the other side so i would say you know to to the writer of that story examine it that way for a little bit Mm -hmm. um and think about uh think about that with that uh, that experience 855-853-4802 is our phone number at real ghost stories online to share your experiences with us of course if you like our program you support it by keeping it on the air you become an extra podcast person get all the bonus material at ghostpodcast.com or through patreon.com slash real ghost stories five bucks a month gets you access to all of the bonus material Next one, it says, I've had two major experiences with ghosts, but my first one happened when I was around seven or eight. I was staying at a family friend's house after a birthday party. I was staying in the spare room and I was asleep for a few hours and everything was fine. That was till around midnight sometime, I believe. Like I said, I was around seven or eight and now almost 18. So I can't remember all the exact details. I woke up to this loud tapping on the window and as I looked, there was what looked like a woman. I started to freak out a bit, but didn't think much of it. I started going back to sleep. I again woke up to the loud tap on the window. When I couldn't look, I couldn't move at all. The only place I could look up was, and that's when I saw a crucifix, and it was upside down. I then felt a weight on my chest, and it was the old woman. That's when I let out a scream, which angered her. Thank God for me family friend was there after uh, she had sat with me for a while i started going back to sleep and i slept till morning this time and then i woke up i had all these scratches up my leg and back i also had multiple hand and fingerprints on my arm that's when i found out that the room was haunted the whole house was haunted which i knew about i had a few encounters with the other ghosts in the house but they were all nice compared to the old woman I never stayed in that spare room again. Another story that I had happened when I was 11. I was at my older brother's house. And again, this house was haunted with an old lady. And again, not a very nice old lady. I had two encounters with this one. And the first time I saw her, I was on my way to the bathroom. She was standing at the end of the hallway, just staring at me. She then let let out a loud scream and ran at me. I tried running, but she was too fast and had grabbed me by the arm. My brother must have heard me because he came out of the room and she let go and just disappeared. I never saw her again. Sorry if the stories are all over the place. I tried to remember them in as much detail as I could. Thanks for having a place where we can share our stories. It almost sounds, I know the second one, you know, sleep wasn't involved, but it almost sounds like a sleep paralysis type of event for both of those. It does, except, like you said, the paralysis mm-hmm. isn't involved. Yeah. It's the old hag mm-hmm. type thing that um, that is going on, it seems like. 
Yeah. My question is, when you have these old creepy women ghosts that that people see why do we never have this story of like the living <laughs> it's like and i went to my grandma's and she was standing at the end of the hall and then she chased me you know they only seem to get really malevolent when they're dead or are these not are these not real people i don't know that they're real people and and i don't think they're just run-of-the-mill grandmas either no, you no. know that's that's the thing yeah I, I think there's something else going on with that. It's like once they kick the arthritis after death, it's like anything's possible. It's like <laughs> this that is that second wind and they're going to terrorize their little shit grandchildren. This is the shit they wanted to do when they were living, but they couldn't because <laughs> of all the medical ailments. Now it's like game on, bitches. So <laughs> that's that's how it works. So be scared of your grandma. Be very scared because you never know what the hell is really going through her head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, creepy stories. Thank you for sharing. 855-853-4802, the phone number, Real Ghost Stories Online. Next one says, where do I begin? Let me start by saying I strongly believe that some people attract paranormal activity more than others. I fully believe I am one of those people. My whole life has been full of activity. To the point roommates refused to live with me and my own mother would cleanse her house after I left. I obviously can't share all my stories in one letter, but would love to share over time. I'll start when I can remember it from the beginning. It's always the calm before the storm. We leave somewhere about three to six months before it gets crazy. At about seven, my mother, sister, and I had lived in this apartment for about four months. It started as little things going missing, turning up, in the strangest places like the fridge or under the sink, but quickly... It turned into pictures flying off the wall and hitting my mom in the head. I was very young in that apartment, so all the minor details are a bit fuzzy. The activity picked up when I was about 10 and we moved into a bigger place with my own room. The very first hour there, I had put my backpack on the door handle of my closet. And right as soon as I turned the backpack, it started spinning like crazy around the handle. I want to tell my mom, but she wanted nothing to do with it, hoping we left that issue behind us. Well, it seemed for a while it was only happening to me. I'd walk into the kitchen, hear whistling, the same tune would be repeated for me from an unseen force. We'd get phone calls, and when I would answer it, it would just be heavy breathing. The caller ID read an unknown number. My mom sent me to my room one night, and when I sat on my bed, it all, all the stuffed animals just flew off. The worst part was that she made me stay in there. Later on, things got worse. The running footsteps you'd hear all night in the hallway, the soap dish in the bathroom banging on the wall, the closet that smelt like death no matter how hard we tried to fix it, and the closet doors banging. One day, my mom went into my room and came out in a rage. She was asking me where I had put the ceiling light cover. I was 10, so how could I reach that? And why the hell did I want it? We tore up my room looking for it to no avail. Note, when we moved on our final walkthrough, it appeared in my closet. And mom finally started catching on that it was a bigger problem than our last house. The night I will never forget, I was in the tub and my mom was plucking her eyebrows in the bathroom with me. The phone rang, so she left to answer it. And I started to get out of the tub as my mom came down the hallway. At that moment, the front door shut and my sister's voice I hear, Hi, mom as she always does when she gets home. I started for the door when my mom grabbed me and shoved me 
in her bedroom and shut the door. I, of course, was like, what the heck? She says to me, I just talked to your sister on the phone and she is in Park City, about 45 miles away at her boyfriend's house and she's not coming home. That is not your sister. We stayed in the room that whole night, all night long in the hallway. We heard, Mom, where are you, Mom? In my sister's voice until dawn. I've never been more afraid in my life at that point. Well, the talk got around with the neighborhood kids, and a few days later, a few of my sister's friends and my sister included decided they would pay me $20 to go into the house alone for five minutes. I agreed. I wanted to look cool. When I walk in the apartment, you must immediately go up 12 stairs. So I walk up the stairs into the kitchen, and something compelled me to go into the hall. I walked to the hall and looked down, and bam, there was a huge flash of light. I know I was alone in the house, so I booked it for the stairs. When I made it to the top, I went to go down, but something lifted me, and I didn't touch a single stair inside the house or the three leading up to the house and landed six feet into our front yard. My sister and her friends witnessed the whole thing. None of those friends ever came over again. There were a few minor things that happened after these big events, but we moved shortly after. Not that the new house was any better, but that will be a story for another time. I feel bad for her because it sounds like she's the one that's sensitive, the most sensitive to all these things. But with her family, you know, doing cleansing after she leaves, they think it's attached to her and it's her fault. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much that. It's just she's the one that's, I guess the least immune to it yeah it's there and it seems to be more part of the house mm -hmm. than uh, than anything else that is a terrifying image or a terrifying idea there that is that is something out of a horror movie where you think that uh, someone you know a loved one is home and you just had the call and you know that that's not them and you're locked in a room and you just hear them walking around innocently asking for you mm -hmm. hey mom mom where are you yeah I what the hell <laughs> What would you do? What would you that do? That would be so hard to not answer because, you know, the mom in you wants to go to your kid. I, I would almost think at, at some moment you'd be like, did I misunderstand? Mm -hmm. Are you really? Maybe she did. Maybe she isn't that far away. Maybe I misunderstood her and she she's there. But she must have had some really, you know, a real solid belief there. Some sort of evidence that she knew that she was not just right there ready to come home. Yeah, yeah, that she was 45 minutes away. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that, I, I don't know that we've had that, con I mean, it's rare where I say, we haven't had that concept on the show before. Have we had that concept? I don't, that doesn't ring a bell. Well, I mean, we've had doppelgangers yeah. trying to get family members' attention when it's obvious it's not who they're portraying, but mm -hmm. not quite as creepy as this. That was a, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that one. 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number. Real Ghost Stories Online. To share your real ghost stories with us, let's go to a caller. Hi. Let's hear your ghost story. Hi, Tony. Uh, my name is Logan. I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, I honestly don't believe in many spiritual entities or uh, energy as we describe it, you know, on the show and everything like that. But I, I am starting to become more of a believer after having certain things happen to me in my life and realizing that it's not just a uh, coincidence that it's happened. Um, for example, when I was about seven years old, 
I still remember to this day that there was this figure that I saw walking down the street with my friends and he was standing on our light post with a bowler hat on and a trench coat. And every time I looked back, I would see him until I would pass a certain part of the street. As I got a little older, I still remember I was about 14 and I hadn't seen this uh, figure in about three, maybe four years when all of a sudden I was going through a very hard time with uh, me being suicidal and depressed at the time. But I was riding my bike and I bumped into a street sign not paying attention. And I ended up seeing this figure show up when I woke up from being knocked out. And he was standing under the post with his bowler hat and trench coat on. And every year since then, I see him at least four or five times a year. And it's always in times where I feel like I'm in danger or it feels like I'm in times of um, scared or depression or some sort of emotional state where I don't feel completely safe. And um, I actually now work a security job. And this is where the story gets crazy. But I now work a security job and working security, I always run into the trouble of never knowing what's really going to happen for my night, never knowing what call I'm gonna get or respond to at the time. And there was one night a couple of weeks ago that I responded to a noise uh, disturbance with um, a couple of deadly weapons and use of force. Um, luckily, I was not harmed, but there were people harmed. And as I was responding to this call, I saw this figure standing at a streetlight about two, way, two streets away from the property that I was going to. And I was like, wow, him in probably a couple of months now. And it, it kind of just started becoming routine to see him. And so seeing him out of the blue kind of startled me a little bit, thinking, oh my gosh, something may be going on. And I get closer and I get one block away and he's under another streetlight and he is there. Now, another backstory with it is that this entity or spirit or shadow person, as you guys describe him, I'm not sure if he was good, if he was bad. I'm getting the vibe that he's more of a protector than anything because every time I have tried to make contact with him, such as waving at him or trying to confront him or trying to get closer to him, he will either back off or he will disappear into thin air or he will um, not even respond. And it seems like he doesn't even know that I'm there at all. But this time I saw him for the call that I was responding to and I saw him at the street light right before the street I got there. So I stopped my car and I pulled over and he wasn't backing up. And so I, I stayed in my car and I looked and I didn't blink at all. I swear, I, it felt like I was staring at him for probably four or five hours. It was more like five seconds, but it felt like that. And I waved just just like I would do with a friend. And this is the first time I've ever seen him move. 
and his arm came up very slowly and i remember how slowly it came up because it was it was uh, i could tell like it was touching me in some way without touching me but he waved his hand like he was waving it over something as as he might have been i don't know maybe casting some kind of energy over me to protect me during this call and so i get to the call not knowing what exactly is going on and I find out that there was somebody who had been stabbed in the apartment who had called police and was locked in the bathroom at the time. And so I had to wait for the police to respond. After the call was over, I remember feeling this, this energy leave my body, as in like something just completely had taken over me to help me get through that and be completely safe with everything that was going on in the area. And it was gone. And then coming now about two days ago, I saw the spirit again, just driving down the road and I pulled over my car again and I got ready to get out. And as I got out, he backed away again. And again, I've not seen him since then, but this is the most I've seen him in a year. Now that I'm working this kind of job work and line of work that I work, it's the security field slash what I'm going into is uh, police. And I just, I think that he may be a guardian angel of some sorts. For me, I don't recognize him in any family photos or pictures that I've seen. I don't recognize the, the bowler hat or the jacket that he wears. Seems like it's kind of old, maybe maybe 18th, 19th century old. Um, just old enough to be, you know, beyond where my family really had photos or artwork taken of them. Um, all I know is that I don't feel like scared around him until I, I am basically not by him, but I feel like he's watching over me or watching out for me. One of the two, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting and I've been telling my friends about it and they're like, that's crazy. I don't get what's going on in your life. That's ridiculous. There's no way. But my mom has never doubted me with it when I tell her the story. And I feel like she may have had something like that happen to her. And she's never told me otherwise that it hasn't and that it has. So I, I'm still not sure. But I kind of want your opinion on it. I don't know who you'll be doing the show with, of course, because I'm not a psychic and I can't tell the future but whoever you do it with I, I want your guys' opinion because I don't know what's going on here and sometimes it freaks me out sometimes it doesn't and it happens so randomly that I don't know maybe the two days ago he was trying to stop me from being in a car crash where if I would have not stopped and pulled over my vehicle I would have gotten in an accident or I'm not quite sure uh, just I just want some I just want some some advice on you from your guys' standpoint on what you guys think this could be or what you see that this could be or what he could be. But it, like I said, it's been happening to me since I was seven years old and I finally just stopped getting scared of it. I finally just noticed him and just be like, eh, he's just there. But lately it's just been, he's been more like hovering over me rather than just disappearing for a couple months and then returning again. I mean, it, it's happened what, five times in the past probably two months total. And I don't know if it's just because of the line of work I'm in or not, but I really want you guys' opinion. 
but thanks for listening. You guys are awesome. I've listened to you guys' show for probably a month now, but I've probably heard over 150 of your episodes just because I drive for 10 hours a night. But thanks. Yeah, you guys have an awesome time. You guys are awesome. I'm going to keep listening. Right now, I can't be EPP member with uh, a lot of medical bills. My daughter, unfortunately, has cancer, but uh, it's a blessing in disguise because it's brought my family a lot closer. And having this spirit over us is, I, I believe, is helping us through this too. Um, so thank you. Bye. Well, it's the first that I think I've heard of a shadow person being a protector. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think maybe that's exactly what's going on. It's not so much he's trying to, you know, protect you in like a super, um, you know, superhero sort of way. He's more just a warning that you should pay attention to. Okay. And he's just, his presence lets you know there's something, you know, potentially dangerous to you going on. Whether it's something somebody else is doing that may be dangerous to you, or he recognizes some behavior in yourself that may be dangerous to you. But just noticing his, you know, presence should be kind of a, okay, I need to watch out. Yeah, that there's something there that that's that's following around. It, it, it It's hard to know with this one. I mean, it's interesting, you know... I guess more power to him for kind of finding the positive in some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it's hard to know. And obviously it's, it's, um, you know, it, I, I'm wondering if, if, if this, how long this is going to be going on. If it's been going on since he was seven years old, mm-hmm. I don't see it going away. I think it may have ramped up because he started kind of acknowledging mm-hmm. that he saw it, yeah. you know, by waving or slowing down to see it. So the shadow person's kind of, you know, probably like, oh, okay, he gets it. So I'm going to show up more now. Yeah. And it, it, it almost seems like it also kind of ramps up sometimes in times of distress the way he was talking. Yeah. As well. Which working security and dealing with people and having a sick child, mm-hmm. all of those things could definitely ramp up your, your level of, you know, paranormal seeking you out just because sure. you're you're stressed out to the max. I'm sure. Yeah, that's what we see quite often, where there's something stressful going on, or something that's already, you know, kind of working at breaking you down just because of the stress of it. And then you have these things that seem to try to latch on to, you know, amp that up even more. So I hope things uh, progressively get better for you. Thanks for sharing that story with us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. That's going to wrap up the program for today. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Get all the bonus material at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. It's only five bucks a month. Bonus episodes galore just waiting for you to binge away on. Check it out. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. For Jenny, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Support for this podcast is provided by LiveRight, publisher of the book Let Them Eat Tweets, How the Right Rules in an Age of Extreme Inequality. Political scientists Jacob Hacker and Paul Pearson show how corporations and the super-rich have allied with Trumpian right-wing populism to advance an agenda of tax cuts, deregulation, and business-friendly courts. They lay bare how such plutocratic populism threatens American democracy and how to fight back. Let Them Eat Tweets is available now wherever books are sold. If you are anything like us at ThriftBooks, you love books. You know, real books. 
made of ink and printed on paper. With over 13 million used and new books, starting as low as $3.99, Thrift Books has your next great adventure. Affordable textbook or cozy afternoon. Any format, edition, and condition, right at your fingertips. Visit thriftbooks.com slash podcast and find your next favorite book today. For the love of books, Thrift Books. If you are anything like us at Thrift Books, you love books. You know, real books, made of ink and printed on paper. With over 13 million used and new books, starting as low as $3.99, Thrift Books has your next great adventure. Affordable textbook or cozy afternoon. Any format, edition, and condition, right at your fingertips. Visit thriftbooks.com slash podcast and find your next favorite book today. For the love of books, Thrift Books. If you are anything like us at Thrift Books, you love books. You know, real books, made of ink and printed on paper. With over 13 million used and new books, starting as low as $3.99, Thrift Books has your next great adventure. Affordable textbook or cozy afternoon. Any format, edition, and condition, right at your fingertips. Visit thriftbooks.com slash podcast and find your next favorite book today. For the love of books, Thrift Books.